0: All right, let's do a quick round of intros. So for me, uh, I'm Blake, uh, one of the co-founders of Myosin XYZ. We are a growth marketing down product studio, um, helping web through brand scale, and helping web two companies enter the space. Uh, today, we're gonna be talking about um, metaverse and immersive media and what that can really mean for uh, brands and companies and mainstream users moving forward and how they can enter the space. Uh, and we have some really awesome guests here on the panel where I think we're going to have some really interesting conversation around what all of this means. Um, so with that being said, I'll hand it off to uh, Katie. Do you want to kick things off and uh, talk sure. about yourself, EveryRealm, and uh, and then hand the mic off uh, to
1: Absolutely. the next person. Absolutely. Um, okay. I'm going to wave. We'll see if I stop waving, but um, thanks, Blake. Yes. Um, I'm Katie Whitkin. I am the chief marketing officer of EveryRealm, We are an immersive media company. And what we mean by that is we build technology and products for the social gaming generation. Um, We'll probably get more into how we define immersive media later, but Metaverse is definitely a part of that ecosystem. Um, I'm excited to be here and I will pass it off to Justin. Just don't know how to stop waiting.
2: Hey, Hey, uh, (laughs) thanks, Katie. Hey everyone, my name is Justin. I am sitting by the pool here as uh, the rave Pepe avatar by Geberg Shang, uh, but yeah, I'm a co-founder and the CEO of Mona, um, uh, which is obviously the platform hosting this this uh, space. Thanks to Blake and Myasin. Super stoked to be here with you all and and have this conversation with such legends here with Katie and Tengpoko.
3: Hi, everyone. I'm Tang Poco. I'm, uh, I guess, what you would call a metaverse power user. I am a community leader and event organizer in Decentraland. I'm the founder of Dollhouse, which is the premier venue uh, in Decentraland, and also the founder of House of Tang, which is um, a uh, building and development company inside, uh, again, Decentraland.
0: Love it. Love it. All right. So we have some intros. I think we have some context. We'll love to just start diving in and start asking questions. So I think to kick things off, um, let's start really broad, which is number one, I guess, I think, you know, talking about metaverse, right? I think it's such a loaded term for so many people. So we'll love to get everyone's take here um, in terms of, you know, how do you define the metaverse in today's context in 2023? knowing what we do now about the technologies, where they are, and, you know, that, that uh, we're a little past this kind of like uh, peak of inflated expectations. And then the follow-up to that is kind of like, how do we think about immersive media uh, and what's the difference between the two? So this kind of an open, open question. So we can start with Katie, we can start with Tang, Justin, whoever wants to kind of speak up and start, and then we can, we can proceed from there.
2: Yeah. So, you know, uh, the metaverse is a term that gets thrown around a lot. Um, And I think to think of it in the simplest way and in a way that I think hopefully is is really understandable for everyone, um, you know, in its simplest form, we at Mona really believe that the future of the Internet is immersive and we see the metaverse as this future evolution of the Internet. I think that's the easiest way to think about it. Over the next five, to t- five 10, 20 years, we're gonna start seeing more and more of this transition uh, for humanity consuming content via 2D interfaces to consuming content in three dimensions. Uh, eventually with three dimensional digital content blending seamlessly with the world around us. Um, this whole concept, you know, with us gathering in this virtual space here with our avatars, you know, this is really the the embodiment of of the metaverse. And I think that's kind of the,
0: the easiest way to think about it. Love it. Love it. Um, Katie, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts and, and responses to that.
1: No, Absolutely. Um, Justin, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we at Every Realm decided to pivot a bit um, instead of just going hard on using Metaverse as we did like many others last year. Um, we really kind of look at this as all immersive media, which can include um, social video game like Virtual Worlds, uh, AR, VR, any haptic haptic device, and also the metaverse as well. Um, I mean, some folks uh, battle whether a metaverse can be centralized versus decentralized, but I think we just figure that immersive media, which was um, a growing industry, encompasses all of these things, and as Justin had alluded to, we believe that uh, these 3D virtual worlds um, that are inherently social and global are going to be and they are the extension of how we are consuming media now. And it's just a matter of time, given how uh, the adoption rates of our younger generations. So I'm glad, Justin, that we agree.
3: <laughs> I, agree with, uh, I agree with Justin and with Katie. Um, I think that the metaverse is going to really be a combination of a lot of mixed reality experiences. I think that looking at it as an alternative to real life like we maybe did a couple of years ago when the hype train first started, that's not really the way it should be looked at. It should be looked at as more of an, um, an extension or an enhancement of things that are happening in the real world for us. I think that uh, it's definitely the future, 5, 10, 20 years. I think with, you know, with the advent of AI and everything that we've seen in the last three months, my whole concept of time is so skewed right now, it could happen a lot faster than that too. you know. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I agree with Justin and Katie. It's, it's not going anywhere.
0: I love it. I love it. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that then, right? Because I think particularly with Metaverse, there's, uh, again, as we just talked about, it's such a, there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of, I think, um, you know, questions about it, right? Um, so I think what I'd love to dive into is like with all that buzz that was, you know, when it was really hot last year and now everyone's moving, you know, it, people are people, right? They, they kind of flock to where the new things are. And I think now even with Web3, they're moving away from that and thinking about AI. So then there's a question of like with metaverse, like where are we today, right? Like in terms of technologies that we have. Um, and I think something very interesting, and I pose this to all of you, is where are the biggest challenges we face, right? Um, and, well, let's just start there. There's so much to dig into, but again, this is this is a really great group of people to talk to about all this. What are the biggest challenges we face today in terms of adoption of quote unquote metaverse and and how that evolves and, and becomes a real industry?
1: So, so what I love about this group is we are all at the forefront of this industry and yeah, understand where we are in uh, yeah in in evolving. But what but I but what's something that I. I think what, with the biggest hurdle that we're, we need to overcome and or accept and pivot away from is this idea that we are going to change behavior of older mm-hmm. generations. I think these younger generations are inherently attracted to experiences that are gamified, that they use their avatar, they're, that they've been they're on their mobile device, they're on their desktop. Um, we did not have that. And so to assume that all of a sudden Someone's going to want to date in the metaverse when they have their mobile app in front of them, and dating is super easy, and there's not much of a difference at this moment. Um, that hurdle of understanding that the likelihood of us at the way that the technology is currently um, going to add value to that person's life enough so that they're going to change their behavior is we have to we mm-hmm. kind of have to move, move over that hurdle. I think yeah Katie Blake I think
2: everyone got rugged so while you're coming back I was just saying that I I really wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with with what you were saying Katie where it's like this entire new generation that's growing up now is is so much more custom to I think current generations to you know having a digital identity virtual avatars transacting in virtual spaces um, you know purchasing digital collectibles I think that's going to be that's going to be really key I think it's a misconception for folks to think that we're going to change uh, over the way an entire generation thinks about things. Although I will say, you know, things, I think perspectives have been shifting, things are changing, but um, it just, it. Ex- I think the thing for everyone to realize is that it extends much further than the hype that they see in these like marketing uh, cycles where really people publishing these articles are trying to drive clicks, right? And mm-hmm. much, much further than that
0: got it got it so then i guess digging deeper on that right when we talk about changing user behaviors and and, or the the difficulties i guess with changing user behavior i guess i think right now with when people talk about metaverse they obviously talk about i think uh i was actually talking to someone at a big brand the other day and they were talking about roblox and um and fortnite and how they've really leaned into kind of creating bespoke experiences with brands so i guess Maybe this is a question for you, uh, Justin, is you know, how do you see um, Mona kind of fitting into the bigger picture of you know, all these different metaverses and you know, what are the behaviors that you know, we can really lean, lean into and, and make a difference with? Know, does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a great, great question. You know, I think what what we're seeing is that people want exciting, fun things to do inside the metaverse. Um, I think what makes a platform like Roblox and Fortnite so effective is, you know, their focus on this younger generation, but also... They're focused on UGC and gaming. And you know, that's where, where I see Mona fitting in is, is really um, providing this platform that empowers creators, developers to launch their own immersive, interactive, web-based experiences. You know, we are really hmm. essentially a UGC platform. And so I think that's that's gonna be really, really key. Um, But going a step further, I think you can't really have the metaverse without decentralization. And while, you know, I think Roblox, Fortnite, these are really, really excellent experiences that everyone can, we can all learn a lot from, from a UX perspective. Um, At the end end of the day, you're still locked into those platforms. And that's what I think makes our platform really valuable is that Mm. creators can, uh, you know, build and uh, authenticate these 3D assets that are decentralized and then bring them anywhere. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's really, really key to the future evolution of this. And, you know, I see Mona as that visual abstraction for the ownership of decentralized 3d
0: assets. I love that. I love that. Um, and I, and I would love to kind of get Tang's take on all this, right. Cause Tang, um, I think a lot of people know you from kind of like your role and, and, uh, I mean, for those who may not be aware, right. Like Tang is a. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's you're the first supermodel on uh, Metaverse Fashion Week. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, we've been doing events and working with brands, bringing them into Decentraland for a couple of years now. And uh, being the supermodel of Fashion Week, I think, was really a way for for brands and for the foundation of Decentraland, who's kind of our, our leadership team when it comes to big events like that, Uh, really a way for them to really bring the community into um, this event and let us talk to the brands that were exhibiting there. And that's something really important to bring up, I think, when you're talking about bringing brands into the metaverse is that it's not just about... showing your showing your work. It's about connecting with the community. It's about um connecting with the culture, finding ways that mm. you can support creators. And that's the story that we should be giving to brands. That's what we should be talking to when they come in. It's about how they can serve and be a part of the culture that's already here.
0: Mm. I love that. I love that. Got it. So and then this is actually maybe I'll I'll jump, you know, I'm just going to jump all over on a bunch of different fronts. But I have a question actually for Katie, um, which is as you're working with um, and talking to different companies and brands, right? Like, do you see any particular um, kind of like industry parallels or, or I guess indus- industries that are particularly interested in this space? I think probably fashion is obviously a big one as as Tank can probably attest to. But, you know, what are the kind of overall trends we're seeing in the space right now when it comes to brands starting to enter the space and get curious about what they can do and what they can interact with?
1: It's a good question. I think, uh, I mean, candidly, I think those that have a brand marketing budget are unable to understand that there isn't going to be necessarily revenue driven right away from entering. And it's much Mm -hmm. more about brand building, value building, community building, as Tang said, um, are the ones who are doing, I think, much who are much more interested in being involved and understand the longer term vision. And I mean, ultimately I think the brands that also understand the future purchasers and how mm-hmm. they're engaging with brands, what the va- the value they, they want to extract from the brands that they're invested in um, those who can look right. As we were saying, like five, 10, maybe one, two yep. 10, right now, but maybe five, 10, 20 years um, that, the the nurturing and the time and the community building that they're putting in now is going to come back to them tenfold. I really believe. And yeah. um, what I'm also seeing is folks who can well not only full fashion. I think lends itself well to a virtual environment um, because it, aesthetically it, it is a really nice. It has a really nice fit. But I do think that brands who understand that they can gamify and interact with users using their products um, are doing a good job. At
0: that. Mm. And so that actually leads to, I mean, there's so many different ways that could go. Right. But we'd we'll love to kind of dive into kind of like specifics and, and case studies and, and examples that you guys all can point to. Right. So I think number one, it's like, what are from your guys' point of view, some of the most interesting kind of activations that you think are really are, are things that you want to point to and be like, look at this. Like, this was a really great example of, I think, uh, metaverse and or immersive media. Right. When we talk about you know, you can do things in the digital and I'm not going to say digital. I hate that term. So it's physical and digital, right? Uh, Being able to kind of bridge that gap and do both. So let's start with like the fun stuff. Right. And then I can, I I also want to dive into like, what are the worst examples? (laughs) So actually, if you guys want to go with both, you're welcome to, but we'd love to kind of hear some, some specifics that you guys know of as experts in the industry, some of the best examples of metaverse and immersive media coming to life and some of the worst examples and things we should try and avoid.
3: Uh, i love like to talk about the um, absolute uh, build that we mm-hmm. did in 2022. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I thought was great about it, and there was a lot of great things about it, but one of the greatest things about it, I think, was the uh, idea that they had a way for the metaverse to speak to the festival goers at coachella so this was an absolute coachella activation it was celebrating the i think it's 10 years of absolute being the vodka of the festival they made a build inside Decentraland. then they had the same type of build a similar version of build for the absolute tent in coachella they set it up so everyone in coachella could see what was going on in the metaverse and then we partied all day from morning to night just with the festival goers. They were able to see us and speak to us through an avatar. So we were having conversations back and forth all day with festival goers. And I thought that was a really great uh, example of kind of a mixed reality, the first steps towards these kind of mixed reality Uh, hybrid events and i think that's going to really be key when we're making events in the future with brands is to is to bring the real life communities and the metaverse communities together and and enhance the experience that way so i thought that was a really great thing that they did in 2022. They have also been back in 2023, and I think they're even planning some more activations in the future as well. Um, so I love that consistency that they're doing. They're not here to just drop their message and leave. They're in it for the long haul. They want to be the, the brand of the metaverse, and, and I think that's great.
0: All right, cool. So continuing onwards, I want to hear some other examples here. So I'm going to throw it over to Justin, Katie, yeah, what do you guys think are some big wins, some big losses in terms of uh, different activations?
1: I'll, I'll jump in quickly. Um, I, I, I'll be specific, but I also, I'm going to start off broad. Um, I think IP and entertainment is an incredible medium. Yes. Um, and so I think that, like, what we're seeing with, for instance, The Walking Dead, right? So The Walking Dead, and they did one of the earliest um, uh, games with the sandbox. And what's interesting about them is it's such an obvious, okay, The Walking Dead, zombie apocalypse video game, right? And so there's that bridge where you can actually take the IP and make it into an an experience um, Mm. that people want to immerse themselves in. So it's not, again, it's not a mirror to mirror of like what you're watching on TV is what you're going to stream in the metaverse. But what it is, is it's a evolution of that content in a way that makes sense for the environment that it's going into. So I think that's a good example, but I also mm. think if you think about, for for instance, um, the last of us, which was a video game first and then yeah. became entertainment IP, I think when you start to kind of bridge those, those two things. It's, it's a, it allows you to see the opportunity for storytelling and immersive content that any brand can bring to the metaverse
0: mm, yeah I'm not last of us is obviously a big have they done any kind of like metaverse activations oh, i actually wasn't aware but or, or it's more like that's the opportunity is what you're saying because it went yeah. from video game to media and all that yeah
1: yeah it, i don't i don't believe they yeah yeah don't quote yeah. me on that but um
0: no, 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 no. But you know, I I hear where you're coming from, right? Like, it's it's all storytelling, it's all narrative, and it all kind of ties together in different ways. So, I very much, very much hear that. And actually, while I'm on that, while, while we're with you, Katie, I would love to kind of dive a little bit into every realm very quickly. Uh, if you could just kind of tell the folks a bit more about every realm and and kind of the role you guys see yourselves playing in the kind of development of the metaverse and and. Where do you guys see yourselves in this ecosystem and, and how are you helping build this, build out this world?
1: Absolutely. So we invest and we also um, develop products, platforms, and technology or infrastructure that supports virtual worlds, specifically mm-hmm. around social virtual worlds. So um, the metaverse is absolutely a part of this. We actually started our company, in in the metaverse and in metaverses and um i've known justin for a very long time i think Mona is absolutely breathtaking and i i salute him because he's built this so quickly and it's it's pretty incredible but what what i the reason why we ended up kind of broadening to immersive media versus the metaverse is because i because i think most people associate the metaverse with, with web web 3 but Web3 is on its way, um, but we Mm -hmm. also work with centralized metaverses um, such as Roblox, Fortnite, Minecraft. And so all those metaverses, Mm -hmm. which again is also a similar vein in that it's UGC um, creator content, is social Mm -hmm. video game gaming, essentially. So it's a place that people can, can congregate, they can play different games. Um, they can socialize. They can collaborate. They can be whomever they want to be via an avatar, a digital identity, and we see that as the future. And we look to these younger generations who have adopted this. Um, whether it was catapulted because of COVID, who knows? But they are in mm-hmm. these spaces. They are consuming this content at a wild rate. Um, they are fully immersed, and yep. so we, our products, support that virtual lifestyle, if you will.
0: Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then that that actually kind of leads me to another train of thought, right? Which is, I think we talk about centralized versus decentralized metaverses and, you know, all these different environments, right? But I guess the, it's, I mean, just being frank, right? From my point of view, I think in terms of, you know, larger adoption, I think the, the reason Roblox and Fortnite um, are so, so successful is, you know, people have that hardware, right? It's easy for anyone to just kind of pick up, um, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, um, PC, and and just start playing those video games, and they're suddenly in it without realizing it. And that is where, honestly, you know, having that centralized, uh, I guess, hardware and companies really work, right? So then that actually becomes a question for the Web3 side of things, which is as we think about decentralized metaverses, I guess the, the, the question becomes like, how do you, win against that and how do you grow and how do you evolve and how do you start onboarding more users as quickly as possible? Right. Um,
1: yeah. But, I mean, I also, yeah. I think it's also very important to note that Roblox was founded in 2004. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so I think they have the, a head start. Head start. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, they've had, uh, they've had a lot of time to develop and produce. And so I do think that our, yeah. I, I believe I align with Justin and, Web three is the no. future. Um, we just kind of have to be patient while while that's being developed.
0: We'd we'll love to hear from uh, Justin and, and Tang on that as well. Um, in terms of like, obviously, I think you know, <laughs> we're, I think most people here were Web three believers and adopters and users. I think the question is, we all want the same thing, which is more of these two, more of these decentralized metaverses to be successful. So, what will it take? I guess, and, and how can we all be helpful to get us there sooner?
3: Well, I think Katie's right when she says that um, you know we're so yeah. new in comparison to
0: yeah.
3: to Roblox. You know we're still figuring it out, and I, I think that decentralization um, we, just because it's decentralized doesn't mean we don't need a leadership team or somebody with a, yep. a strong vision to kind of guide us where we want to go. We need to, as a group, decide what success looks like for each of our individual mm. platforms and, and have a team that's in place that steers towards that. Uh, you know, it's, it, it doesn't have to be anarchy. <laughs> but we're, still, we're still figuring it out, right? We're still trying to figure out how that structure is going to, to work and to look, but I think we're on the right path. What I love about decentralization, uh, decentralized platforms is that the community that it brings in is strong and committed and, and mm-hmm. here for the long haul because we're all investors in it. So uh, it's it's definitely the future. We just are uh, during growing pains right now.
0: Yeah, definitely some growing pains. Um, Justin, what, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, definitely uh, plus 100, Tangpoco and Katie. Um, yeah, I, I think, so speaking from the perspective of where we sit with Mona, uh, you know, a large focus of ours is really around that ownership. And I think that's, again, where a, a huge piece that decentralization plays. Um, just the fact that, you know, as a creator, if you could build this 3D asset and it's useful in Mona, but it could also be useful uh, in other platforms. You know, a, a great example of this is we actually recently took a, a, a 3D environment, a space that was minted in Mona, and we brought it into Fortnite in creator mode, and we ran around playing Fortnite inside of it as well. And I think- oh, amazing. Um, yeah, and, and like our focus really has been building this really incredible community of mm-hmm. really old class 3D artists, game designers, architects, um, and communities that are really excited about this this idea of ownership and, and being able to really freely own and use your assets anywhere. Um, Yeah, I I think we're definitely early, but it's only a matter of time until more and more creators start to catch on. And if you look at all the creators that are building on Roblox, building in Fortnite, pretty soon they're going to realize all of the benefits that blockchain and Web3 have to offer them as well, and they're going to see that. Uh, there's so much more upside when you look towards decentralization. So I, I think that's really key. From sort of if we're thinking about decentralized platforms at a platform level, it's really about ownership. I think that's that's a really key factor. And then the other the other thing I'll say is um, the user experience is just probably the most important thing. I think for yeah. decentralized platforms to exist and compete, uh, the user experience really has to be unparalleled, and it has to be able to compete with uh, incumbent. Mm-hmm. Fortnite, and Roblox. Uh, so it's, that's also really important.
0: I love that. I love that. And I would love to kind of double click a bit more on that as well, because I think obviously within Web3, something we talk about all the time, the C word, as they say, is community, right? Uh, in a positive way. Um, so with that being said, we'd love to better understand with Mona, like what is your guys' approach to community building and kind of like rallying the troops behind that, uh, you know, building more spaces, right? So how does one get involved? How do um how does that work right so like if the community says hey we want to go build a 3d space uh on mona is it as simple as you just go on the website and you just set it up to talk to someone and or, or like i guess the bigger question is like, what happens if you don't have any experience building these types of worlds like how, how does one go about that because i think there, i'm sure there are a lot of communities out there who would be curious and interested yeah um, they just don't know where to get started yeah,
2: yeah, I love that. That's such a great question. Um, definitely, we have a ton of great info up on our website, but we also have a really amazing in-house studios team, uh, and we love to help other communities build for the metaverse if they don't have 3D artists or access to the knowledge to build their own spaces. We love to help. Um, we're currently helping some of the leading uh, Web3 creators and communities build their, their metaverse uh, spaces as well. We're working with Proof and Moonbirds. Uh, cyber mm. brokers. We're also working with um, Squiggles and the Squiggle community to, to actually build what <laughs> they're calling the Squiggleverse, uh, working with Snowfro. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're, we love partnering with creators who have really innovative ideas for spaces they want to bring for their communities. So um, we we provide that support if, if needed. Mm. And then beyond that, really, our Discord is ground zero for all of our community building. So I definitely encourage mm. anyone interested in taking part, maybe not even as a builder, but if you want to host events, um, definitely check out our Discord. Uh, we have an amazing, amazing team that's helping to run this event today, too. We have Tai and Yunji in here. Um, mm-hmm. And you know we host weekly events, weekly um, live streams and variety shows. And then beyond that, um, just I'll, I'll end on this note as well. For community building, we, we try to empower creators and community members as much as we can. So, that means we host regular build a thons uh, where we try to encourage new creators to join and, and try to, to submit for different 3D challenges that we have. And most recently, we announced our first ever grants program where we actually accepted our mm. first cohort, um, where we gave away basically $20,000 for some of the most innovative ideas for metaverse building, which we're going to have some more announcements about soon. But, but yeah, community, like you said, it's like capital C, so, so, so important. I love
0: that. I love that. And that actually kind of leads me, I think, a a good person to turn to here, right? In terms of, you know, thinking about the day-to-day tactics. But no, Tang, I would love to hear from you uh, as someone who literally, you know, runs a community, right? Uh, One of the premier communities in the metaverse. Um, What are some of the more, I guess, I think a question some people have, right, is when we talk about metaverse uh, and if it's not a video game right? Because uh, I think it's like, what do you do, right? Because in a video game, it's pretty clear there's there's a game you play. But when one hangs out in these virtual spaces, can you just shed some light, I think, to so people can better understand, like, what are the most interesting and fun things that you guys do as a community and um, just to interact, right? Because I think, again, it's all about kind of getting people excited about what the opportunities are uh, and getting creative with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you have um, kind of two different types of of users in in Mm -hmm. the metaverse. You you have the creators, and uh, we're doing all we can with the platforms, with things like grant programs, with with build-a-thons, which I I love that, Justin. I'd love to know more about your build-a-thons. I think that's great. Uh, We have people that are building uh, experiences for the community, and then we have the people that come in and enjoy those experiences that aren't necessarily building yet, But they're there to sort of network and have relationships and interact with people i mean it for them it's really a social platform and i i really think that that's you know so much of what the metaverse is is for people to just interact and socialize and have experiences and make new friends and network inside a virtual space so a lot of the times we're just hanging out with people sometimes we'll be playing golf or we'll be you know at decentral games playing maybe some card games or mm-hmm. or doing some parkour, you know, but that, that seems secondary to the connections that we're making from person to person. So I think as a community leader, what I'm always trying to do is sort of facilitate really meaningful interactions with people, um, one example of that, and it seems a little bit silly now, but I think um, if we have any guests here that have come to the party, it actually does feel really great as we have one party, w- which is uh, sort of like a theme party. So it's kind of like having like a Met Gala once a week in the Metaverse at my at my venue where we'll say like, let's say it's a white party. And I, if you guys have ever been to a white or a black and white party in real life, you know that it can be a lot of fun to go to a place with somebody where there's uh, you know another 50, 100 people all dressed up and kind of the same theme as you. And there's this spirit of connection that happens with people in that sense. And people love the consistency of that. They keep coming back. I think facilitating relationships between people is really, really important.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm just reading what Guest
3: 90 says here. <laughs> well, in the <laughs> virtual world, you can spill the wine. Uh, yeah, just making, making sure that uh, in addition to these great user experiences and in addition to uh, great environments, that we find mm-hmm. ways to facilitate interaction with people that mean something. And that's when people come back, you know, when they have that spirit of family. I like to call it a culture of belonging. And that's the kind of thing we should be trying to foster in the in the metaverse mm-hmm. all the time.
0: That's great. That's great. Building community on all different levels and just getting weird with it. And I think that just something that really resonated with me there was the idea of, I think it's just uh, the sense of belonging, I guess, is is the thing that really hit home. I think it's just like being able to be in a room, see a bunch of other people who are actually just kind of, with the same vibe same intentions and just doing cool shit right it's uh
3: totally, totally and I think the web three spaces really leans into that anyway. Like the whole idea of buying an NFT and a PFP that you own, it's sort of like a an embodiment of the things that you value. And then all of a sudden you have 9,999 other friends yeah. that you're all you know, meeting <laughs> up. Like, You know, that that's a really strong allure to that. So if you can continue to do those sorts of things uh, in the metaverse, you know, you've, you've got a family there waiting for you already.
0: That's great. That's great. And that actually is like that's getting my brain firing on a bunch of different cylinders because now I'm like, Justin, why aren't you guys? Uh, well, maybe you aren't, but like, you guys should be building things for like Pudgies, right? And like some of these other like top-notch communities. Like, yeah, you guys should just go to them and just build it for them, you know? And be like, bring <laughs> people here, you know? How awesome would that be? <laughs> stick out, love.
2: Them. I love it. I love it. We might we might steal that yeah, yeah just build I- iceberg a world,
0: and- world coming.
3: Iceberg world coming.
0: Iceberg world. I mean, come on. They're already trying to do the immersive stuff, right? How powerful would it be you go to them and be like, "Here's this iceberg world we built. You you can take any of your pudgies, turn them into your avatars, and you can all hang on a virtual space. Like there it's like um, what was that video game, uh, Club Penguin, right? But it's like <laughs> that, but 3D and better, right? Yeah. Anyway, everyone gets their own igloo. Everyone gets their own angle. I mean, that that's the exciting part. So it really, it just gets me. It gets me excited. Um, cool. And then another thing I'd love to dive into from, uh, I guess, is is hardware, right? Because I think when we talk about metaverse, it's so often focused on the software side, and you know, where the tech, what's the tech, where are the platforms, where are the things we're using. But I'm curious to hear if we have any perspectives on. And again, I think this speaks to kind of like where we are in the industry, right? It is early. The hardware's not quite there yet but what are some of the interesting things we see coming up um and how do you think that's going to evolve over the next couple years you know ar and vr obviously like a really big or they were a really big buzzword um i have a lot of thoughts but i'm going to reserve them so we'd love to kind of hear where you guys feel about how hardware fits in this whole equation and then more specifically around ar and vr and how that fits into this do we need it do we not need it is it gonna be complimentary? If so, when? Open question, I guess, on this one.
1: Well, as the marketer in the room, I probably shouldn't be speaking <laughs> about uh, devices, but I, I, I mean, we see it as it's not a need to have right now. I think there's a lot that can be done um, yeah. on a 2D screen. I think it's, I mean, look at video games. Most, yeah. most people are not um, plugging into a VR headset right now. Um, yep. but I do, I do see it as an enhancement in the future. And I also do see it as, um, lending itself better to certain metaverse experiences than others.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's,
2: you're going to have the option. Um, and like Katie said, some experiences are, um, I, I, I think it's really important to consider the distribution for the content that you're making, like okay. from the, perspective of a creator, you know, when I was at Magic Leap, a, a question that was always asked was like, why would this be AR, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the hardware devices, they lend themselves to certain types of experiences. And I think it's really exciting when you sort of consider what the limitations of the platform are that you're building on. I, this is through the lens of a creator, but also I think like, you know, I'm not a marketer, but I, I think it is something for brands to consider. Like, why would they build a VR experience versus just a web-based game, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think, like, hardware, it, they'll definitely, it'll, it'll come into play in terms of devices. Next week, you know, everyone is, depending on what Apple announces, uh, I'm sure everyone is going to start talking about uh, VR, AR headsets again after their their presentation on the 5th. But, you know, I think you're, you're always going to have both. Uh, and ultimately, you know, looking further down the line, you know, I think hardware in terms of AR, VR, it, you know we are going to see more and more content blending seamlessly with the world around us as hardware gets better mm. so yeah i think it's it's definitely something to continue looking forward to um the other note i want to make about hardware is web gpu which mm. you know, the experience we're in right now we're running in WebGL, uh basically is, is what it's called and there is um something that is has been worked on for a long time, and I think it's in preview in Chrome now, but it's this notion of using your computer's GPU to run WebGL experiences, Um, and that's basically going to make all these immersive 3D experiences much more performant, much more, you know, it'll enable higher quality experiences, so that's something to look forward to even sooner, I would say, than something like
0: really, really good AR devices, so yeah. There we go. There's some of that alpha I was looking for, right? Because I think I, I'm in full agreement, right? Is I think AR and VR are complementary, but we don't necessarily need them, but just better understanding. And so, yeah. And actually, I do want to leave some time for questions. But Tang, do you have any other final thoughts on that to add?
3: Oh, I agree yeah. with both of them. Uh, I think it's a great question and, and something that we that that we need to make sure that that narrative is out there too. That being in the metaverse, you really don't need to have that hardware. And, you mm-hmm. know it's it's uh, important that people that people know that I personally don't wear uh, VR goggles when I play ever
0: yeah okay, cool so I think that actually are all the questions for now um, but well, we can always keep chatting, but I do want to at least spend some time for guests to kind of ask questions so with that being said, I actually would like to open up the floor and see if anyone has any thoughts or questions or things they want to ask our awesome panelists here. So the question here was how do individuals or group moderation slash comfort tools play into the UX? Um, so whoever wants to take this one, um, I think maybe Tang could be a good uh, person for this is yeah.
3: We've been super lucky in Decentraland in that uh, I think just because the community is so small and again you're, you're talking about those community members who come in with the um, philosophy of dense decentralization in their hearts and we've been really, really lucky to not have a lot of need for moderation that said it does happen and uh, for instance at my venue somebody will come in you know trolls are everywhere people want attention they'll start saying some things Uh, we've got bouncing tools we've got blocking tools but i agree that a lot more work really needs to be done in terms of moderation and uh, i think it's it's better that we we think about what needs to be done now before before we need it I, I've just been really—I've been really lucky so far that I haven't uh, had to use it too much. I've seen in other metaverses, though, we've gone into worlds, and I've seen some pretty nasty comments there that people just—they can't—they uh, can't stop people from talking, and uh, yeah, we definitely need to work on that. Anybody else have anything to share? I'm just, and I'd love to know what Mona does for in terms of moderation and comfort tools.
2: Yeah, it's um, moderation is definitely needed, uh, and it it is. Uh, I think it's it's back to that like whole UX thing, especially for folks who want to host events. Um, yeah, this is actually a little bit of Mona Alpha, but it's one of the next things that we're going to be shipping is or better better UX, better host and moderation tools for folks who want to host events. Thankfully, we haven't had um, you know. Many instances of, of a lot of trolls, uh, which, is, which is great, but you know uh, it, it is something that is, is going to be important to, uh, to be able to give um, you know host uh, event hosts and, and owners of their spaces the ability to to moderate the types of folks that come in and interact with them, so yeah, I think security privacy, all these are, are really, really top priority for us, so yeah it's, it's something that's really important
0: amazing um, and with that, uh, unless um okay actually yeah and then let's make uh we have enough time for one or two more questions i will say um just for everyone um there will be a po app after this um i was talking with the team the if you have the POAP app app, we'll have a secret word that should be live right now Uh, so if you have the app just type go to open the app and the secret word is metaverse nothing crazy. If you do not have the pull-up app, which is fine, and I anticipated this, all we need is your email and we can airdrop, we can air, We can send you a custom link for anyone who has attended this event. So, Ty, if you, would, if you could drop the link for the event in the chat, uh, everyone who registers will be collecting emails and wallets, and then from there I can email you um, a custom link um, so that you can go and mint your own pull-up for those who may not be aware, PoApp is Proof of the Tennis Protocol. It's basically like uh, you showed up to this event, right? And then as mys as we grow and, or, and as we continue to run these webinars, there will be future utility baked into these POAPs. TLDR, the alpha, token gated uh, content, uh, events, the list goes on. Um, anyways, but I do want to kind of hand it off to, to the last question here. So I think it was about interoperability with metaverses. Uh, If we could resurface that question, you just want to type it one more time, but I think that was the question. So I don't know, I think um, maybe we could throw this one to Katie and and get her thoughts and then everyone else, of course.
1: Sure, I mean, I think interoperability is the North Star, right? Um, As Justin was saying, how cool would it be if you can take your digital identity that's yours and only yours and bring it from one metaverse to another? Um, I hope it's sooner than I had anticipated. A year ago and I think that given how much um, younger generations I know I keep hitting this um, this beat but I, I really do feel that, that this is it, it's not where we're going it's it's here um, but these younger generations are living online and so if we can get to a place where there is interoperability it's there's a seamless um, way that you can get from one place to another it would be incredible and I, I do believe that we're, we're gonna get there soon.
3: I think we're already starting to see it you know the first time I'd ever heard of a VRM was um, last year when Justin invited me to be part of the Genesis avatar marketplace drop and uh, I was absolutely thrilled to be able to make something that I could take into HyperFi that I could take into Mona that I could take into OnCyber and I've seen just an explosion in this and the importance of this ever since then so for me, it was groundbreaking to see you guys do that. Now I'm seeing every met- all the other metaverses are talking about doing it. Um, everybody's making their own VRM, I've got mine. And um, I, you know when, when I'm starting to talk to new metaverses and they're asking me for feedback on it, that's one of the first things I bring up is the interoperability with VRMs because it is our digital identity and it's the first step in doing what Katie's talking about where all these metaverses are going to be kind of intermingled and mixed. I really feel like, <laughs> I almost feel like we should all, as individuals, have our own micro metaverse. It's kind of like the modern version of our MySpace page, you know, mm-hmm. where, it's, where it's our space and our things. And from there, it's a hub to go to all the different favorites and places that we want to go to. And, and we should be able to just cross back and forth all the time and bring our communities, instead of being so segmented and tribalist between these different metaverses, but to just join forces together. I think that's, that's how we're going to uh, evolve and get mainstream adoption.
0: I love that. I love that. And actually, I didn't even hear the term until just now. Can you tell us just a little bit more so I think people can, you know, find and learn more about VRMs? Okay. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I don't know much about um, the technical side of VRMs, but I just know that it's an avatar that we can take into uh, different metaverses. And uh, that means so much. Digital identity means so yeah. much um, in the metaverse especially to the younger generation, like Katie is talking about the the Alpha and the Gen Y. I mean, it's who you are. It's how you represent yourself to others. It's your personal brand, which becomes more and more important all the time. Um, And being able to look like yourself or at least like some version of yourself easily Is, is really important. I also love that a lot of PFP projects right now are dropping VRM. Yes. So again, that's an avatar in your backpack. So I can go in and represent as my favorite brand or my favorite PFP. I love that as well.
0: That's what I was literally about to just start to dive into is uh, just this idea of, uh, I think it's for a while it feels like, you know, NFTs and what Metaverse obviously related And there Mm -hmm. are like metaverse NFTs, obviously with Decentraland and everything, but it feels like there's been this divide between, you know, the people who love their PFPs and they love collecting different collections, but actually being able to port that into a metaverse has been kind of like this, this thing that some communities have done, but it hasn't been quite unlocked yet. And I think once that can be more easily activated for any community, like there's just such a big... There's a lot of opportunity here, I guess. And I think it's like everyone in this bear market too, like everyone needs to collaborate and work together. And this idea of, you know, Web three communities really starting to actually interact and mingle in the metaverse. I mean, that's, that's community, right? And that, that's that kind of use case where actually, you know, brands will want to get involved. I think other communities can partner and it kind of brings all of it to life beyond just a discord server. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think so,
3: too. And I think brands are starting to understand that now. You know, they're slow to move. They're slow to grasp ideas. But the brands that I'm talking to now are really starting to get it, that it's really about community building and new ways of collaborating with people. I I think there's still a lot of future and a lot of hope for marketing in the metaverse.
0: It's coming soon. It's coming soon. Uh, Yeah, and Tank, we should talk about that because there's a lot of stuff we can do there together. But we'll get there. Um, All right, cool. So... We, I just want to say, yeah, we are at time. All that being said, thank you so much to everyone who came through. Uh, remember, if you do have a pull-up app, uh, it's open now for the next, I guess, three minutes uh, under Metaverse. And actually, uh, Tang, Katie, if you guys want to talk about very quickly where people can find you, I think Ty's been posting, but just one last time.
1: Yeah. So I, I take a back seat. Um, I'm behind the camera, but uh, if you guys want to reach out, please uh, uh, reach out on LinkedIn and I will absolutely yeah. get back to you. There you go. You can find Katie Wickin on Lincoln, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, yeah, and everyone. On Not Twitter. on Twitter anymore. Yeah, and everyone. On Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: uh, I'm uh, the best place to get a hold of me is uh, on Twitter. It's just uh, at Tangpoco. Um, I always say the metaverse is better with friends, so make sure that you. You know, come in and check out some events and, and have some fun and make some friends. Um, one of the first events I ever did was with Every Realm, actually, a long time ago. And I just want to say they were a really significant part of um, oh, showing we me. We had fun. What, <laughs> we did. <laughs> They're really significant part of showing me what I wanted to do in the space, the things that I wanted to um, accomplish, and the things that I like giving to the community. So thank you so much, Every Realm, for taking a chance on me a long time ago before anybody else did. And same. With you, Justin, uh, it's been so great getting to know you over the last little while, and getting to be a part of your Genesis Avatar drop was amazing. And then Blake, we've talked a few times, and I just think you're brilliant. So I was so happy to be here. Thank you, everybody.
2: Amazing. Yeah, no, thank I mean. you. Yeah, thank. I just want to say, yeah, thank you, Blake and Myosin for hosting this. And I mean, shoot, Poco Katie, you guys are inspiration for for everything that we're doing too. And I mean. Uh, I don't know if we plug this, but the space that we're in, Aries house, yes. you know, this is part of Every Realm's the Row, which is this yes. in- incredible, yes. iconic... Ah, uh, series of just the best architecture built for the metaverse with some really incredible artists like Daniel Arsham and others. So I just have to plug that and and you know thank you Katie for oh, thank you for building yeah for these these incredible spaces and Tank Poco, so excited that you're part of our our Genesis Avatar drop. I was rocking your baby doll avatar earlier, uh, but just so grateful to be here with you all and and everyone here. Thanks for thanks for listening
1: yeah and what? the feeling is mutual this is such a wonderful group of people um we, we also so obviously we've worked with um mona and we work with tang and we also work with my and you guys are absolute influencers when it comes to the future of agency work and um talent pools. and so thank you
0: hell yeah brilliant work everyone this has been incredible this is an incredible conversation thanks to mona tang uh every and everyone here just for showing up and um uh, yeah we're gonna do a lot more of these so thanks so much and uh we'll see you guys all online and in the metaverse thanks guys thanks so much all have a good one